Hello, my Action for Canada friends. I want to welcome you to the August 3rd, 2022 Empower Hour. We're so happy you can join us today. We have yet another great show planned for you. Our guest speaker this evening is Remo Gaita, and he's going to talk about domestic, cross-border, and international travel. So be sure to stay tuned for that. Tonight's show will be available to re-watch. Go to the Action for Canada website in order to share this valuable and informative webinar with your family and friends. Action for Canada is a grassroots movement reaching out to millions of Canadians and uniting our voices in opposition to the destructive policies tearing at the fabric of our nation. Through call-to-action campaigns, we equip citizens to take action. We are committed to protecting faith, family and freedom. It's always an honor and a pleasure to introduce you to the founder and leader of Action for Canada, Tanya Gaw. For those of you who are new to the Empower Hour, Tanya is a passionate truth seeker and freedom fighter. For the past seven years, she has been diligently exposing the malfeasance and corruption of local, provincial and federal governments. She has provided many resources in order to educate and empower Canadians to stand up for our rights and freedoms, including the Notice of Liability regarding mobility rights, as well as the new Travel Notice of Liability. The notices of liability that Tanya and Action for Canada have worked on are powerful tools in our hands, so be sure to check out our website to see all the incredible documents she's made available, and then share the information with others so they can be empowered too. Tanya, I know I speak for everyone on this call. We're so grateful for your leadership and knowledge as you inspire us to take a stand against our corrupt governments. Welcome and thank you so much for all you do. Hi, Heather, and uh, I just want to welcome everybody. I, I was seeing the chat, Heather, light up with, uh, you know, people saying my first time here, my first time here. And, uh, you know, we, we happen to report on a number of different issues, and uh, we thought it was long overdue. We've been meaning to do this for a while. But how do you pick what's most important, right? Our kids are important, what's going on in the schools and all the sexualization. Immigration is important, what's happening to our country, the vaccine or the um, experimental injections need to be addressed, notices of liability launched. And so in between all of that, you know, we have tried to facilitate people with the travel, but I think this was a huge step towards uh, making a, a bigger effort towards that. And I hope it's gonna really help a lot of people. So thank you, Heather, so much. And we'll again, see you shortly. All right, welcome everybody. I'm gonna get straight into doing what I do every week and just bringing some updates uh, your way. Happy to see that there's so many new people on. All right, this is what Action for Canada looks like right now across uh, the nation. Uh, we are building chapters in every town and every community. I've told um, you in the past, but this is for the benefit of the new people on tonight. We had to put a pause for a few uh, months because we had to uh, put provincial leaders in place and make sure that our chapter leaders were getting the support that they need. So we're going to commence vetting shortly and um, hopefully there's going to be a lot more uh, red maple leaves uh, all across Canada. We've headed up into the U Yukon and so we're just very 
very excited um, about the growth. And hopefully you can all see the vision for the mission. We get into every single community. We work towards getting the school board trustees, the, the socialists all removed and put some God fear in people in place who actually love Canada and love what Canada and support what Canada was founded on. Um, then we go to mayors and city councils who you know the UN is using to um, implement their agenda because the municipalities are closest to the people. Let's just say not on our watch. Let's put a stop to this. Let's get these city councillors and these mayors who are receiving financial incentives or, or just communists, whatever they are, however they're being motivated uh, you know, to, to destroy our freedoms. Let's get them removed from office. Then we'll, we're creating a database. It will include MLAs and MPs. So as we've said for a really long time we want to get into the communities and replace elected officials at all levels of government and so we want you to be involved in that so please make sure if somebody else sent you the link that you actually go onto our website and join and then you will receive our weekly emails and all updates calls to action etc uh, without that good friend thank you good friend for sharing the link to tonight okay um, just for those of you, again, who are new, if you go under Call to Action, you can also find on our homepage uh, the six most recent actions that we're doing. But if you want to stay involved and maybe go back and find weekly actions, you can, under Call to Action, just pop down here, click on Weekly Actions, and this page will come up. We're changing our format a bit. This is how it used to look. Uh, but now you get a better glance at what we're doing. So every week we post the Empower Hour separately with our special guests so we can share it all over social media and get people to come to these Empower Hours. And then there is always a, a weekly email newsletter to uh, support the topic that we're speaking on. And as well, generally, we always include an action because we don't want to just inform people of all the terrible things that are going on. We want to mobilize you. We want to equip you with incredibly effective resources and get you actively involved in this war against our freedom, right? You have a voice. Uh, there's more of us than them. Let's just put it that way. But if we can mobilize the us, then the millions of us, then we're going to come out of this a whole lot quicker. All right, um, so if you actually click on a link, I've already opened the page, then it'll take you into the action. Forgive me, that was the actual notice of liability. So I create an action on whatever topic. So I have an opening, and of course this week is um, promoting the notice of liability for travel. I wanted to let you know we had a bit of a bump. We thought we always hope that we're being very thorough when we're creating the notices of liability. But there was a comment made as, as far as that the passport is your property and we needed to clarify that. So we ended up taking the original down within hours of posting it and we've revised it. So just make sure that if you printed one off yesterday, maybe just rip that one up and print off uh, the newest notice of liability and then you should have the up-to-date one. I'll show you in a minute what the change was. So as you know, Remo's coming on tonight and uh, you know when I was talking to Remo, I always do bios you know, for our guests and, and Remo was just like, I'm just an ordinary Canadian who spent the time to educate myself and then be able to assert my God-given inalienable rights. And I just love it. So we're going to look forward to uh, Remo coming on. And I'm going to say right now, 
Action for Canada nor Remo are giving you guys any legal advice. Uh, what When Remo will be coming on, he'll be sharing his experience, what has worked for him. Action for Canada, when we created the notice of liability, we really dove into uh, legislation, criminal code, constitution, and we just put all of that information into the notice of liability and then are helping to equip you to assert those rights confidently. And I always say knowledge is power. And when you have it, you have a duty to not only use it, but you should share it, share it with others, because the more Canadians that we have actively involved in this, uh, the faster we're going to tear down all of this fraudulent activity on behalf of Justin Trudeau and his treasonous government. Okay, so um, it can be uh, overwhelming the amount of information when I'm doing the research and putting a page like this together, copious amounts of information. I want to get it down to maybe a 10 minute or under read so that you could just fly through here and read all the highlights and be super educated or do a deep dive and get super, super educated. (laughs) But all the resources are here. Privacy Commissioner has launched an investigation over concerns with respect to the collection of personal information through ArriveCan. Well, isn't that just, is that shocking to anybody? No, no, it's your personal information. You don't have to give anybody any of your medical personal information. That's between you and your doctor, okay? Uh, Up to 40% of travelers are either not filling out the app or they don't know how to fill out the app. Uh, Mayors want it scrapped. And NDP leader Brian Mass had said, listen to this, NDP leader, that's amazing. He should just do a revolt and become an independent in the house. Like, do something, Mr. Mass, that's going to be really, really impactful. Step away from these uh, corrupt parties. He said the Arrive Can is about tracking and has nothing to do with public health. It's being used as a backdoor to permanently track all border crossing. Further than that, to permanently track every citizen in Canada. All right. Thank you, Mr. Mass, for speaking some truth there. So I said that doesn't this just give you some good reasons to dig in and just say, no, I do not consent. Um, Is it safe to fly? Uh, This is just a two minute video. Like I say, just go through, watch these, share them with other people. It's really quite frightening um, and so sad to hear how so many pilots felt uh, forced to take the jab in order to keep their jobs and provide for their families. Uh, Mr. Uh, Flint gives a story of having to make an emergency landing due to being vaccine injured. Uh, we want to make sure we're taking flights with multiple pilots <laughs> because, you know, it's highly unlikely that three of them will be unable to fly the plane at the same time. All right, this fella is uh, with a group of people is suing WestJet. Super, super amazing to see employees across Canada taking legal action. I'm very encouraged by it. And every week we highlight uh, one of our youth. If you're new, you may not know that we had an eight-week program for our youth back in the spring to help uh, raise up future generations of leaders um, and give them special speaking skills. And so at the end of it, each one of our youth was to uh, create a video. And Matthew educates us here on what is really going on behind the experimental injections and entreats us to educate friends and family so we can put a stop to the harms these jabs are causing. Matthew closes by quoting Thomas Jefferson. If people let the government decide what foods they eat and what medicine they take, their bodies will soon be in a sorry state as our souls who live under tyranny. 
And I'm just amazed after we came through that. We met with um, all the kids last week who, who could join us on Friday night. We want to keep in touch with them. We're working towards getting a youth team together so that we uh, can have participation with youth across the nation. Uh, we're going to shoot for once a week, but like I say, we're getting that team together and we want more training. We focused on the Constitution, the Charter of Rights and Freedoms. What an amazing group of young people and how awake and aware they are. All right, we've got to invest in our youth. Um, I would love it as well for those of you who feel called to also become monthly donors with Action for Canada because um, I need to hire some people to take on these uh, positions that cost money. And uh, honestly, I know there's a lot of good organizations out there, but Action for Canada is very unique in how broad the scope is of what it is that we're doing at so many different levels. All right, last week we had to take down the... Um, empower our video of Rocco and I. Um, so and anyways, we just had some troubles and we had to re-upload it. So if you haven't yet watched it, it is on the Empower Hour page, which I will show you next. Um, I'll, actually, I say that, but maybe I'll just take a pause. I wanna go over the notice of liability. This is what the page looks like that you could join on um, and share on social media. Open it up and we come to incredible information. and. If you haven't read the inside of your passport, do it. It's really interesting. It just says right there, allow the bearer to pass freely without delay or hindrance. And I included this and to afford the bearer such assistance and protection as may be necessary. I added that includes protection against our the illegal and unlawful mandates and actions of our Canadian government. Trudeau is committing treason against his people. And right here it says on our passport that they, they must provide assistance and protection to us. And uh, so that includes um, any unconstitutional actions that violate our privacy rights, our charter of rights, and the criminal code. A uh, valid Canadian passport is all that is required to travel within, or I say to use it within Canada. Um, you had to jump through some hoops to get that passport. So instead of uh, domestic travel providing your driver's license, which has your, you know, your home address and private information, and some of you have your medical information on the back of it, instead, why not just use your passport? Anyways, requesting additional verification when you're flying to the states in or out, such as driver's license, address, phone number, is an impingement on the bearer's fundamental right to freely travel. Now, this is the section where we pulled out that um, the passport is uh, the property of the person, and we added the definition of passport in section two of the Canadian passport order, shows the sections, means an official Canadian document that shows the identity and nationality of a person and expressly states that it is only for the purpose of facilitating travel by that person outside Canada. Any other pur purpose is prohibited. It is not constitutionally, statutorily, or otherwise authorized by law to be used by federal or provincial health officials for any purpose, including obtaining your, con your confidential medical information. So it's super duper important that uh, you understand that border guards, transportation personnel or employees or public health employees, they have no business, they have no right and no grounds to stand on to get any medical information from you. And right here it says that the purpose of customs in the border when you are a Canadian citizen is to 
let you pass freely without delay or hindrance. So stand on that. That's all I'm going to outline there. Um, we were David Lindsay and I were diving in last night about uh, you know when they can revoke a passport and it's royal prerogative. And so I was joking with them last night and I says, yeah, can you imagine the queen with the thousands of Canadians, you know, that aren't going to comply with these, uh, this unlawful arrive can. The queen will make a trip here and, uh, you know, start, start revoking thousands of Canadian citizens' passports. I don't think she's going to be doing that. They don't have royal prerogative. You have to have c committed a criminal offense. And not filling out a ride can and not giving your medical information is not a criminal offense. So these, these are the numbers of times that um, the uh, royal prerogative has been um, issued. And you can see from 1947 to 2005, it's been pretty min minuscule. But I just, I just thought that was an interesting little bit of information. Again, for those of you who are new on the show tonight, notices of liability please be sure to check out this page. We have done so much work in the last two years in um, effectively equipping Canadians to stand on their rights with their employers in travel, etc. And then lastly, I just want to end with under join. This is where you find the Empower Hour link. And over here to the right um, is a chat link. Sorry, I've got a little pop up in my way. Under join, Empower Hour. I think I can click on it now. Yep, there it is. And so if a guest uh, provides information, a PowerPoint, etc., this is where you would find it for past um, for past guests, like Dan Bashan last week. Amazing presentation he did on the food security. All right, I am going to just make sure. Yep, I'm going to shut her down right there. And uh, Heather, if you would be so good to come back on, please, and uh, introduce our guest. And thank you, Tanya, for your updates and the good news stories and for going through the website for us. I am so pleased to welcome for the very first time on the Empower Hour, Remo Gaita as our special guest. Remo, Remo describes himself as an ordinary Canadian. However, he has spent much time researching and educating himself on his God-given inalienable rights as a Canadian citizen. As a result, he now possesses a wealth of knowledge and information on how to deal with border services officers, the RCMP, and health officials. In spite of unlawful restrictions and mandates, Remo does not live in fear because he knows he has not committed any crime, but rather is standing on his guaranteed rights as a Canadian citizen. We are so grateful that he has agreed to discuss domestic, cross-border and international travel with us tonight, as well as to share tips and information with us. Will you please help me welcome Remo Gaita to the Empower Hour. Remo, welcome and thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Hi thank Remo, you. good to, to have you. support you there. Good. We are excited to have you on. Uh, when I, I had 
come across the information last week through a video of, of what you had so courageously done. And I thought, oh my goodness, you know, we happen to be working on a notice of liability for travelers. And I thought the timing was impeccable. So I'm super excited that you agreed to come on the show tonight and provide your testimony. Um, I just, one thing I forgot to tell everyone when I was doing my intro as well, I had amazing news from our chapter leaders in New Brunswick. Uh, they had been part of a rally that had taken place in New Brunswick with um, quite a, thousands of people and, and a number of other groups had shown up. Some of that activity was on the streets, uh, you know, having a bit of a convoy and everything. Anyways, they ended up getting a, a, a ticket and, uh, you know, th they were really being pressed in on and they had to be in court uh, two days ago and uh, they just stood their ground. Uh, they had a Supreme Court ruling that I'm going to add to the rally page on the right to be out there protesting in the streets. And uh, yeah, they won. They won. And uh, so yeah. that's a big win on our side. There are good judges still in Canada that are holding up our Constitution and our Charter of Rights. So I know that it wasn't regarding travel, but I almost forgot to tell you. And I thought everybody needs a bit of a pick me up and encouragement here to know that the pushback is working. OK, so Remo, what I'd like to do is I would just like to hand the floor over to you. And if you could, again, relay your experience um, and how you managed when you came back into Canada after being in Mexico. Very good. Um, first, I'd like to explain that um, others may have the exact same steps and may say the same things. If you don't have the belief that you are a free person and um, as long as you're not committing any any criminal activity, and you, once you have that belief and then following these simple steps, you will bypass and get through the border very easily, whether it's a land border or at the airport. Um, I've done a lot of research on this. I, I, I printed a lot of the documentation, the notice liabilities, the Bill of Rights, Charter of Rights, um, and, the, and, and many other documents and had it all ready to go. And I, I read them inside out. I know them really well and uh, know what my rights are. and know what I'm also what I'm not allowed to do. Even, re, you know, filming I'm a, and doing all that, I have my rights there as well. So once you have that knowledge and I have, uh, I'm very comfortable exercising that knowledge as well. So what I did was when I got, when I landed in Vancouver, first of all, before landing in Vancouver, when I, when I, I got my boarding pass in Mexico, the uh, lady at the counter said uh, that, you know, are you aware that you're going to Canada? You require an Arrive Can app. And I said, yes, thank you. That was all. That's, you know, that's all I said, but I never downloaded any app, never would. And got on the plane. No one confirmed anything. No one asked me anything. Otherwise, I'd, I was ready to be there for two or three days fighting this and standing my ground because they're not allowed to deny me access to a plane to get back to my country. So, um, but again, you have to be calm and stand your ground, but nothing happened there. So got on the plane, got on the connector, got in the Mexico City, got on the, the flight to Vancouver. Again, it was no issues. And as well, I did not wear a mask. I refused to wear a mask. I've never worn a mask in, this, in these two and a half years or before so um, and I stood my ground on that as well then when I arrived into Vancouver um, the I scanned my passport 
got the printout. It's actually thermal paper. It's a larger printout that you get from scanning in your passport, getting in the line lineup to speak with the uh, customs officer. And as soon as I arrived at the customs officer, and uh, he informed me that, uh, you know, he, so he asked me why I'm not wearing a mask, and I said, I don't wear a mask. And uh, that was that. Uh, then he said, oh, I noticed you don't have your arrive camp filled out. I said, that's correct. And uh, then he said that I must fill it out. And I says, I don't require it. Uh, you're, I, I, and I told him, um, you know very well, you see these passports all day long, that on the first page it says you cannot deny a Canadian citizen entry into Canada and for any other reason. And uh, he, he continued to... Uh, say, well, then he'll ask me questions and he'll fill out the paper document of the arrive can. And again, I said, I do not consent and I will, will do not comply with that. Very calmly, very clearly. And, um, and, and uh, again, the key is, is being calm and, and confident and, uh, and, and also respectful. And, and then he um, started asking me the, the, the basic questions about where I went, what city, how long I was there and what what goods that I bring back with me. And, uh, and so I answered those questions. I have no issues with those. Then he went on to ask me the questions in the paper document that they arrived can in terms of whether I was vaccinated or not, uh, whether uh, with the COVID vaccine, whether, whether uh, what, what is my phone number, my cell number, what's, where's my address. And again, I simply and calmly refused all that. I said, do not consent, do not comply with any of that information. I don't require it. Then he said, he threatened me with uh, calling the RCMP. And, and I just decided to raise my voice a little bit so everyone else around can hear everyone in the lineup behind me. I said, oh great, you're gonna call the RCMP, wonderful. Then I'm gonna tell the RCMP all the unlawful demands you're asking of me. And then his jaw just dropped, he didn't know what to do. Then he said, okay, wait here. I said, sure. He stood up grabbed my passport and printout and started walking out. And right away, my alarms, bell, my alarms went off and I thought, okay, he's gonna be handing this to a health officer. I do not want this in the hands of a health officer. So immediately I called him out. I said, do not hand my passport, you know, and I said it was my property. Um, and I said, it has to stay here in my sight. You do not hand it to anyone without my authorization. He sheepishly turned around, put the passport back on the counter and walked out. And that's uh, then, then then he uh, came back two minutes later with by himself. He didn't bring anyone. And he started punching into the computer again and again, demanding me of uh, answering the questions and, uh, and, and, and requiring that I have to do a testing, a COVID testing. I'm required to quarantine. I'm required to speak to the health officer. And again, I, I just said clearly, I do, not, I, I do not comply. I do not consent to any of this. And uh, I refuse this. And then he said, okay, um, take this passport and give it to the next customs officer on the way out. So I walked out, I thanked him, I walked out, got my luggage, walked in the next lineup to walk out of the, uh, out of the airport. I handed my paper document to the uh, customs officer, it happened to be female, and she right away out loud, oh, you need, you're required to test, you're required to quarantine. And, and again, I just said, no, I do not uh, comply. I, I do not give consent to any of that. Then they asked me to to walk out uh, the doors there to speak with a health officer, and um, and I, I I just walked out. And if I encounter them on the other side of the door, I would just walk right by them 
there's no reason to for me to do to engage with them whatsoever so i would walk out those doors nobody's there no health officer no rcmp officer no customs officer and i just proceeded to walk right, right out of the uh, airport it was literally that simple i i i, I thought it was going to be a lot more than that but it wasn't it was very simple and i was calm the whole time ready for it and i video video recorded the the whole process so that's basically what happened yeah Okay. All right. Do you have me unmute? There we go. All right. Um, so, okay. Thank you, Remo. So um, is there anything in, in addition as well? Like, uh, was there at any time that you were feeling overly stressed or concerned uh, about your position in the stand that you were taking? Not at all. And I was, was that because you... Go ahead. Oh, yeah, it's, um, I was ready for a lot more. Uh, I was armed with all the knowledge and information and documents to hand them. Um, I was ready for them to say, let's let's go to an office to speak uh, privately. And I would have refused that. Uh, I would have I would have said, what, you know, am I being detained? And they said, yes, we're just an investigation. And I would have said, what is your reasonable objective suspicion that I have committed a crime, I am committing a crime, or I'm about to commit a crime? That's past, present, future. And, you know, I would, I'm already, I would have asked all these, and they, they would not have had any answers. They would have had to let me go. And I would just refuse any, any interactions with them whatsoever. Because, again, I know I'm not committing a crime, so I would not go along with them. And I would not give any bit of information to them whatsoever. As soon as they get any information from you, that's when they start dig they, they get their claws in there and they start digging in. And, and hence, that's, that's why I believe people have uh, received fines with it, because they gave information they shouldn't have given. So, yeah. Yeah, I know many, many uh, people that have reported to me said, oh, you know, they offered to help me fill out the form rather than have an app on my phone. And it's like they felt like that was a win. And so they went ahead and filled out the app. And, you know, then they were still expected to quarantine, even though they, you know, refused to test. There are some people who are going ahead and just testing as well, thinking, you know, it's just a test. But any aspect of this, knowing that it is criminal, knowing that it's a violation of your rights, uh, you have to take that stand. And you need to do that not only for yourself, but on behalf of all Canadians. And I just love what you've done, Remo, because you you articulated yourself very clearly to them every section of the way, and they couldn't challenge you on it. Um, especially, like I say, I call uh, when I was going through the notices of liability, and you know, creating those, and then making them available to people, and doing the training. I ended up creating a document I called the I nicknamed the Drop the Mic Letter. And it had section 52.1 of the constitution in there, you know, saying that any law or order, anything that is not in line with the constitution basically is of no force or effect. So I'm like, boom, drop the mic, end of the conversation. This is in violation of the constitution. You know, the next one was, uh, you know, the section that states that uh, vaccines are not mandatory in Canada. Another drop the mic letter. Anyway, so I just went through this letter and, and really that's what we're facing right here. The passport says that you are allowed to access Canada freely and without, without delay. 
And, and they know that. So if you stand your ground, open up your passport and clearly show that to them and that they are to protect you and your rights based on the Constitution. And so we provided all of that information in the notice of liability that if it does begin to escalate, uh, you, you, you have the tools to, um, you know, defend your position. But, but I think something that you've also said is also use the right to remain silent. Correct. Correct. And also, yes, uh, the other thing was this. I was also prepared for them to hand me the test to take. Apparently, they're handing two tests at different times to take. I would have out, I would have outright refused. I would not have touched those tests whatsoever. Um, uh, and again, do not consent, do not comply. I will not take those home. That That's all you'd have to do, um, very simply. Um, it never got that far because it... To me, it was quite simple. I was expecting a lot more uh, of a challenge, but there wasn't. So. so there was no threat to quarantine. Nobody was calling you at home after you arrived home. Uh, you left the airport, and that was that was it. <laughs> I Correct. It. I hope, yeah. I also had my cell phone with me. It was on. I never turned it off. I didn't put it in any, any um, bag that you know hides the signal. There's no need for any of that. Um, there's no need to, to worry about that. Uh, you just walk in uh, as, as a free man or free woman and uh, exercise your rights and go home. That's very simple. And, and what we can say without any doubt is that although the passport on the second page says it's the property of the government, and I've, we've turned that around and said, okay, they can, they can say it's the property of the government. I paid for that passport, and I have a duty to ensure that that passport is uh, kept safe and that the Constitution is adhered to. And so that's where our rights within the passport come in. Now, um, so, oh, I just, I just had a little brain blip for a moment because that was leading... Uh, to something else I was going to say. Oh, yeah, so th they don't have um, a right to your phone. That we can 100% say the phone is 100% yours. They cannot tell you when you arrive to upload the app. They can't force you to use the app on somebody else's phone or to upload it on their phone. The answer is no. I am not filling out the Arrive Can app. I will not fill out in a, for, a form. And uh, I'm a free Canadian. And according, again, according to the passport, you need to let me enter freely. It's, it's not something that's even up for question or debate. Now, will you please share as well your story in Mexico? Of uh, <laughs> right of now you're in a foreign country. People would say, "Oh my goodness, you know, coming into Canada is one thing, but uh, you know, messing with the authorities and challenging them in Mexico is quite." I can't even imagine a Mexican prison. So why don't you bring uh, your story to the forefront here and ease you know the minds of some of those who may be traveling in other countries and also want to uh, stand on their rights there as well. Absolutely. Again, I come with the foundation that I'm a free man. I will never do anything to harm anyone or cheat anyone or take advantage. Uh, therefore, I am free to, to be mobile, to live and, and to go as I please. Um, and that's just what, what my belief is. Now, I got into, I flew into Mexico City when I, uh, from Vancouver, and then I went to another city uh, called Queretaro. And when I got there, I scanned the FMM card that you get when you first 
arrive uh, at customs in Mexico City before I did the connecting flight to Querétaro. And uh, I sent that to my consultant and uh, who's helping me uh, with some documentation. And so she said, oh, your FMM card is incorrect. So I, I decided to fly back to Mexico City, get that corrected. While I was there, I decided, what you know, I'm just going to go spend a couple of days at the beach because I'm going to be inland most most of the time that I'm there. So I purchased a connect a flight to uh, Extapa, and um, and again, I'm not wearing a mask. Mask wearing is the only thing they're doing in Mexico. It has a low low vaccination rate, very low, and the government also informed the citizens on TV that they're not required to wear a mask if they don't want to. Um, that government is nothing like ours, um, and uh, they're not pushing any mask mandates nor nor uh, the vaccines. In fact, it's the corporations that are pushing it, not the government. And so knowing all this um, and my rights as a human being, as a man, um, I when I got onto the gate, I first of all informed the 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 when I checked in to get my ticket, I informed them that I have, uh, uh, you know, that I'm, I'm not wearing a mask. And um, and then I got through security. Then I got to my gate. Then now you're walking down to the tarmac to take a bus to get to the plane. So it's a smaller plane. So as soon as I get off the bus, right away I'm challenged because I'm not wearing a mask. They held me back. Everyone else is on the plane except for me. And so um, what... That he's asking me questions and he's really being aggressive. And I said to him, "Are you? You're not adhering to the announcements that are every five minutes on the plane, as well as every five minutes at the airport. It comes on in Spanish and then in English. It basically says in English, it's mandatory to wear a mask unless you're an infant or have a or have a medical exemption. That's that's what they're using. And again, I know the term mandate is not law. There's nothing they can do to you if you don't wear it." except for denying you service, which then you have to, you have other remedies uh, to, to rectify that. Um, it's not easy, but it's well worth doing. And so anyway, I said, you're not adhering to the announcements. And then I said, if I was a paraplegic, would you force me to walk? And so anyway, he, he didn't like that. He, and then he said, okay, I'm going to go uh, speak with the stewardess and, and the airline pilot to see if they'll allow you on. And I said, well, they have no choice. They have to follow policy. It's not about their feelings and how they feel about it. So within a few minutes, waved me on. I finally got on the plane, got to my seat, excuse me, <coughs> me and um, sat down and thinking, okay, this is great. We can get going. Admit that the door still didn't close. And a minute later, uh, another gentleman came with Aerial Mexico wearing the, the fluorescent vest, the tarmac worker, and he has a clipboard and he came right to my seat very aggressively and demanded that I wear a mask and demanded to, to know why. And, um, and I basically said, I'm not wearing a mask. And, uh, and uh, then he demanded me to get off the plane to have a conversation off the plane. I refused. And then he escalated and saying, I'm going to call the army. I said, great, call the army. That would be wonderful. I'd love to speak with them and, and tell them how, uh, how aggressive you're being with me. And uh, and then he stormed off, comes back a few minutes later, again, demanding of me to wear a mask. And I refuse. And then uh, and I even told him I, out loud so everyone else can hear. And the good thing was there was an interpreter about three or four rows up and a, another interpreter three, four, three or four rows back two male. They were interpreting what I was saying uh, to all the Spanish on board, it's about 95 percent Spanish on board, uh, Mexicans. And so uh, and I thought, OK, the, the people on the plane are going to start booing me and, you know, calling me out and so forth. None of that happened. 
uh, they're hearing everything I'm saying. And um, then the gentleman that was working, who more than likely a supervisor, who was getting ag aggressive with me, and I called him out. I says, "Where is the army now? You said you're going to bring them. Where are they?" And uh, and then he ended up getting upset. He left. Two minutes later, the doors closed, and we're off uh, flying. That was it. I stood my ground. I wouldn't move. I knew that it was all smoke and mirrors. It's all fear-based because they have no justification whatsoever. And I knew the police nor the army had any right, and they wouldn't come and, and remove me because there's I haven't committed any crime. So that's I stood my ground even in a foreign country. Whew. <laughs> I know somebody had said in there I'd be too afraid to do that, but um, wow, I, I just am just amazed by your courage. Uh, somebody had asked the question, uh, said Aero Mexico will not let you board their plane from. Mexico to Canada without filling out a can, they will deny you boarding, citing they get a huge fine from the Canadian government if they allow anyone on the plane without the ArriveCan app. Again, it's it's all threats, it's a smokescreen. Um, no one ever approached me. No one, no one uh, uh, that could that could be possible. It has never happened to me. And if it did, I'd stand my ground and I'd fight it. And I I would video record the whole process so I have evidence. That's the way to do it. So. That's exactly okay. Um, I was uh, having myself a bit of a like a head shake and a bit of a chuckle when you said, uh, "quote uh, You're talking about Mexico," and they say that government is nothing like ours. I yes. mean, if everybody, yes. if all our viewers could just let that sink in for a minute, right? I mean, we used to be the freest nation in the world, and we'd look at Mexico and say, oh, those poor people that live in Mexico. Mm -hmm. And now we're saying their government's nothing like ours. You know, no no lockdowns, no ma masks, no dangerous injection, etc. Uh, one of the things as well, uh, you had said to record the event. Tell me the different ways that you record. The, there's three different ways to record. Um, where's my other glasses here? One of them are these sunglasses I have, and uh, they had. There's one hour recording on these. It's, it's iView. You can order them online on Amazon, and you just click a button, and then a red light comes on on the inside. There's a red light there, and it's good for one hour. It's also infrared and full color, uh, uh, 1040, sorry, 10, uh, 1080 uh, quality. So um, it's very good. Another one is is a, um, a body cam, the exact same uh, camera that's used by the police in, in the United States. I purchased that online as well, and uh, it's called Camco. You can order that, it's about a couple hundred dollars. The camera's about 300 something dollars. Uh, so I have that as well, and uh, you use your, your cell phone. So there's no need to hide your cell phone away in your luggage or whatnot. Use your cell phone, record everything. And if you have more people flying with you, then everyone should be recording at different angles um, to get it, to get all and ask questions. What are their names for first name, last name and their employee number or badge number, whatever they have, whatever number that is to identify all the people speaking with you. Now, if there's individuals, for example, RCMP officers, police officers or customs officers or even medical people standing around uh, supporting that individual you're speaking with get all their names and, and badge numbers and, and or employee numbers because now you can use them as witnesses to the event as well to, co to corroborate what happened, right? And you have it on video, so you're going to catch more lies and, and it'll, it's more advantageous to get all, the, all those individuals, not just the person you're speaking with. So, right. yeah. and be very yeah. calm about it. It's a fact-finding mission. 
That's exactly, and, and I love it too, right, is we're so used to us being put on the defensive and it's time to flip the tables. They need to be on the defensive. Exactly. They need to know that we're holding them personally, personally liable and accountable for their actions and that if they don't know uh, the law and your rights, that they better take the time to serve the notice of liability. I mean, you, you may want some sort of little checkboard or something with you that you can start filling out and say, just, you know what, hold on one moment, I'll be right with you. Put their name down their badge number on the notice of liability you know take a recording of it and hand it to them and uh, you have a right to record if they say I am not consenting to you recording me I I turn around and what my always my line right back is well this is uh, evidence because you are violating my rights and I feel discriminated against right now and I'm going to hold you accountable and this will be evidence for that (laughs) and you got to you know find the words within yourself read the notice of liability and the instructions over like two dozen times so that it just naturally flows from you like Remo has has uh, accomplished here and and as for the glasses and the spyware I went on and googled a spy store and I was just amazed at all of the different kinds of gadgets they had you know you got the pen you got all kinds of ways that you could be recording them so take a look at a spy store uh, I guess you could go around Amazon as well but we don't want to support Amazon too much if you had a local spy store <laughs> go and support them um, okay Correct. we're going to get to yeah, we're going to get to a Q&A time right now. If you have a question, please raise your hand. And Terenzio, um, I know I have Q&A as well in the Zoom Q&A. We'll get to those as well. And are you ready, Terenzio? Yep, I am ready. Uh, for those Alrighty. That, for those that are going to be brought on, uh, if you look for a little message, it'll pop up on your screen to unmute. Then you can join the conversation. The first we have is Dixie. Dixie, you should should see a message pop up on your screen. Hello, Dixie. Hi, Dixie. Here she is. Hi, Dixie. Sorry, Terenzio. That's okay. Don't think it's working. No, I hear her. I see she's on mute, but I don't hear her. Okay, we'll go go to the next in the meantime. Uh, Next is Wayne. Hello. Hello, Wayne. How are you? Good. How are you, Wayne? What's your what's your what's your question? Tell us your question. We're going to ask everybody to keep your question short too, because we have quite a lineup of people who need questions answered. Go for it, Wayne. Yeah, everything is pretty straightforward, and I appreciate all the information. I guess the one dark horse for me is it true that the airlines are a private company that they can decide whether you gain access to their aircraft in in sense that it was the same like you know a a restaurant during the vax passports could deny you entry i I just don't know from the legal purposes could you sue them if there was a denial well remo do you want to answer that or shall i my go ahead tanya and i'll I'll comment no no i well i'd like to actually hear first what you have to say on it sure Sure. My belief, and based on my research, um, the airlines, if they're flying to Canada and you're a Canadian citizen, they do not have the right to deny you uh, to get on the plane as long as you've paid your ticket and you're not causing any trouble, you're not yelling, you're not screaming, you have nothing that they're hanging their hat on to deny you from flying. Okay, that's the key. Is just be pleasant, be nice, and, and be, be assertive. Uh, 
okay, but not not aggressive. And um, and if if they do record everything, get bad, get names, like first names, last names, employee numbers, everybody, and and get all the documentations, send out the NOLs, and that's how you do it. Eventually, you will get on, especially as it goes up, and they know that you're strong, you know what you're doing, and that they're going to have a lawsuit on their hands, and you're going to win, guaranteed. So um, that's all. That's what I've learned and, and what I was ready to do. It just never happened. Okay. Yeah, super. And, um, you know, as we've said with stores, with Costco, if they've got a business license, which they do, um, well, the Canadian and domestic uh, air, air travelers, and there's agreements, right, as far as travel is concerned. And so it would be like them taking you hostage, basically, in my opinion, uh, that would actually be an angle that I, I would even be tempted to try saying, are you keeping me here hostage? Uh, because there's laws against that. And I'll, I'll contact the Canadian consulate and advise them of your actions. And there is uh, no law in Canada or here stating that I have to be, uh, I'll use the term vaccinated to travel. Okay, great. Uh, next question, Terenzio. All right. Next question is from Wendy. Wendy, are you there? Hi, Wendy. Hi, what's your question? Okay, she sounds like she's having problems with her volume trendio. All right, we can go to the next. Uh, Wendy, if you're there, just okay. say something and we can bring you back in. Uh, next question is from uh, Henry. Are Hello, you... Remo. Can you hear me? How you doing, Henry? Yes, I can. Great. I'm uh, I'm uh, really uh, excited about your story there. Uh, I've been uh, looking to leave Canada, and uh, again, not going because of all the uh, uh, problems it seems to cause. Uh, I'm not, I, I, I did get one shot, forced to do it, but I don't have the arrive camp. I uh, deleted that off my phone. Uh, what was it like boarding on the Canadian side? Uh, aren't they sticky that way? And you used Aeromexico. Is that um, the reason you use Aeromexico? Because it's not like Air Canada. Is it easier or is there, would there be any difference? Um, I, I chose Air Mexico because it was the cheapest and, and only two stops, and and it was accommodating me for the the time and dates that I wanted to go. That's why I chose it. Um, but it was absolutely effortless to get on. There was no issues whatsoever, and as well as being maskless. So you just walked in. You went up to the. Uh, uh, I guess you used. Did you use the? Uh, Teller, or did you use the uh, uh, electronic uh, uh, boarding pass? I went to the teller and I had her print out a boarding pass for me. I would not use the electronic one. I wanted a hard copy in my hand. Yeah. And that was yes. it. it. It sounds like uh, the old days. <laughs> exactly. exactly. The good old days. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. Book a flight then because, uh, I mean, it looks like coming back would be a problem because then I'm going to have to definitely stand my ground like you did. But, uh, yeah, it's not a problem. Not? It's not a problem unless you believe it is. Yeah. 
Okay, thank okay. you, Remo. Thanks, Tanya. Thank you. You're very welcome. Thank you. All right, Henry. I'm going to do a couple now through the Q&A that uh, people have applied in Zoom here. Uh, Daniela says, but the address is required to be manually filed in the passport, isn't it? And you know what's funny about this, Daniela? I really have never really looked. I've had a passport, you know, for so many years. Mine's expired right now. I, I've got to get a new one. Um, not that I'm planning on really doing a lot of traveling, you know, but I, I still need one for, for some upcoming potential uh, trips. And I had never even seen before, I think it's on page four, that it requests that you put your full address in there. In my whole life, I've never filled that out. No, it is not mandatory that you need to fill that out. I would just leave it blank. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. When you got your passport, think about all the loops you had to go through. And uh, they, they did a thorough investigation on you before they sent you a passport. They don't need your address. That's for this purpose, so that they can open it up and uh, look in your passport to see where you live. So do not fill that out. I'd be tempted to put a little whiteout on there. All right. All right. So see, next question. Are there any anecdotal cases of those who have come into Pearson without the arrival app and have been successful to the Pearson airport? I couldn't answer that one myself um, offhand. Uh, do you know of any incidents? I'm not aware of any. No. Yeah, that's that's something we can't answer. All right. Do you have any advice for unvaxxed American friends and family to come visit us in Canada without having to use a arrive can quarantine or pay fines? Are there any other penalties, pitfalls to be aware of? Hmm. Remo? Again, again, I'm not a non-citizen, so I'm not aware of the challenges uh, for a non-citizen entering Canada, I'm, I'm assuming they would have to follow the, those policies because uh, they don't they don't have the inalienable right as we do with the Canadian passport. Exactly. So I would just encourage your U.S. friends to, uh, you know, put the onus back on them to do the research, just like what we've had to do here in Canada. Uh, one issue I want to go over, Remo, is um, about the masks. And, you know, I, somebody has asked, um, if you don't mind, actually, I'll cover this one. It, masks, just to begin with, are not legislated in Canada. And you can't legislate against the right to breathe freely. There is no law. Therefore, there is no criminal code. So if you're not wearing a mask, you are not committing any criminal offense and they can't force you to wear a mask. And we know that wearing masks are very unhealthy. It is just a barometer for the government to see who's complying. So we need everybody, if you're somebody that, oh, I'm just running into Costco, take the mask off. You're hurting all of Canadians by doing this. If you're going to a doctor's office, challenge them. Uh, my mom's nearly 82, and you know what they did to her when she went to the optometrist recently? At 82, I wish I'd been there. And uh, they told her that she had to stand in the hall because she's unvaxxed and uh, she couldn't wear a mask. She's got COPD and she's got asthma and they wanted her to wear a mask. And they made her wait in the hall. She said at least 20 people saw the optometrist before her and they finally brought her in right before lunch. They didn't give her a chair and after an hour she finally sat on the floor. And then she waited 10 or 15 minutes before they brought them in. My mom has arthritis in her back. I am so disgusted by this. And we are, uh, between my sister and I and a friend, we are going to hold uh, this office to account for this. 
this is not only yes. discriminatory, it's cruel and unusual usual punishment. What does our world come to? But you see, you have to be willing. Do I want to do this? Do we have time to do this? No, we need to take the time to do it, to defend others and to stand for our rights. So the, uh, like I said, the masks are just a tool for the government. They serve absolutely no purpose for anything else but to uh, um, make all of you slaves, uh, you know, and ruin our democracy. Uh, do you have anything else uh I think, Remo, to add to that, except for you and I also discussed that we don't use the term we're exempt from wearing a mask, because when I was talking to Rocco, this was almost two years ago, he says, well, if you say you're exempt, that means there's something you believe you need to be exempt from. And I went, wow, that is very true. So I never say I'm exempt. I'm saying I, I don't wear a mask, period. Anything Absolutely. to add to that when you're flying, right? Okay. All right, I'm going to get... Uh, yeah, you just I'm not very strong and videotape it all. So you just make okay. sure you videotape your all your occurrences before it even happens. Just be ready. And if anyone says, do not, do not videotape and you don't have permission, you do. Anywhere in public, where you're anywhere in public, wherever you're standing, whatever your eyes can see, you are allowed to film. And don't tell, let anyone else tell you otherwise. Exactly. Good. Okay. So I'm not talking to my friends on my phone. I'm, I'm, I've got questions on here. <laughs> okay. So I'm crossing, this is a, a message. I'm crossing the border in Maine with my adult kids. They have a can on their phone. I will not get the app. How do I go around it when crossing back, especially if they insist I use their phone and threaten with fine? Any advice? Welcome. Just say no. I, I, it has nothing to do with anyone else's phone. You just say no. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not filling it out. I don't need it. There's my passport. That's all I need. Very simple. Fewest words. That's how you win. That's all. You don't need to elaborate. You don't need to get in, into any other discussion because uh, they'll hook you with other information. So just keep it really simple and just say no. That's all. Exactly. I think as we go through these questions, we may be repeating ourselves so somewhat but it really is that simple. I mean, when you came on and gave your testimony of what happened, it wasn't 15 or 20 minutes that you had to say, you know, this is the process I went through. This is what I stuck to, right? And we provided that information step-by-step step in the instructions with the notice of liability. Um, okay, can masking at airports on planes be enforced? If yes, does the airline have to accept medical exemptions? If yes, does one have to show the exemption letter? No, nobody. Even if you have an exemption letter, it is absolutely a violation of your privacy for them to even ask to see your medical exemption. It's none of their business. That is privately protected information, 100% end of story. But I do know that traveling in Canada domestically is really tough, like somebody was saying about Air Canada. Uh, they just really are holding the line as far as forcing you to wear a mask. Uh, Remo, have you done any uh, domestic travel in Canada lately? No, no. The only flight I've done in two and a half years because of this BS is uh, when I went to Mexico. That's all. Uh, and back. That's the only thing I've done. Okay. Um, and some of these are going to have, I'll try to kind of vet them, but it goes, we're going to attempt crossing the border in Ontario. How risky is it to cross into the USA at one location, 
then return to Canada via another border crossing? What What would you advise? There's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. Yeah. So. It, it makes no difference. What we're saying, you could go through the same border crossing. You're going to get different border uh, um, officers, officials that you're going to be dealing with who could have, you know, uh, who could be power tripping. Uh, they they just feel like they've got to dig in and make and just make you comply and you got to just dig your in, uh, heels in a little harder and then there are going to be some of those who 100% already know that what they're asking of you is illegal and unlawful and you know you'll go through the process a lot quicker be kind be confident but be firm is the vaccination status checked to fly out of the country fly back in the country how did you go about that to fly in and out without being vaxxed? Well, first of all, I bought my ticket right after uh, January, sorry, June 20th, where non-vaccinated individuals were able to fly. So that's when I booked my flight. And uh, no one asked me if I was vaccinated or not when I booked my flight. And uh, they didn't ask me if I was vaccinated or not to get on the plane. So there was, that's, not, that's a non-issue. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's really as simple as that, but my friends, you know, we know that we're up against a government that is using CBSA, RCMP, uh, the military, whomever they can to in, inflict their, um, unlawful agenda upon citizens. It can be very intimidating. A friend of mine got a $5,000 fine yesterday coming back into Canada because he, he didn't know everything regarding the notice of liability. So we really believe that this document and the step-by-step -step is going to assist you uh, dramatically in your traveling. But if next month the government turns around and says it's now again mandatory to vax to travel, I believe that we should still be applying this, but you know, there are some things that are going to be completely out of our control until we remove this government and set things straight. But in the meantime, uh, we've got to assert our rights. All right, Terenzio, can we go to a couple more hands, please? I, I know there's like 43 questions and 16 hands up, so we'll see what we can do. Lots of questions up. Next is okay. from Celia. Hi, Celia, can you unmute? If everybody could be prepared, if you've got your hand up as well, please be prepared. For some reason with Zoom, sometimes we can't unmute and hear people. It is an idea at that point to um, exit Zoom and then sign back on and make sure that you have clicked the tab for audio. Uh, yep. It doesn't look like Cecilia can come on. Yep. Okay, we can, we can go to the next one. Next one is from Charlene. All right. Hi, Charlene. Can you unmute? Hi there. There you are. Hi. What's your question? My question is um, over the land border into the U.S. Uh, apparently, they're asking if uh, we are vaccinated. How do you answer that? You're going in. Sure. Um, if they're asking you a generic question, are you vaccinated? I would say yes, because I am. I was vaccinated as a child, so I would say yes, and and that's truthful. And that and leave it at that. Again, the fewest words. You don't get into any conversation. You don't add any more information. You keep it really simple. Smile, be happy, and move on. Okay. And if okay. it if 
further and ask you if you know to see it what do you do then Is well it to see what ask him what to see what uh your vaccination proof okay uh, and then uh, that's where you say you're not required to disclose any any health information to anyone it's only between you and your doctor just keep it really simple no angry tone whatsoever just keep it really simple Right. Okay. I, so I, I, I would actually, Charlene, I, I've got to interject there for a moment. I would actually, right off the bat, I tell them the saying that's privately private medical information, and as a citizen and under um, uh, UN declarations, I would have to look that up. I hate I hate bringing in the UN, but all member nations, I wouldn't even bring up the UN. I would just stick to the fact that that's actually privately private medical information, both in Canada and the U.S. That's all I'd say. Correct. Yeah. And 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 you could be recording that conversation, maybe as you're going up to the queue to have your recorder going. And um, if it gets to a point where you've got to pull your camera up to show, you know, I am recording this conversation, and what you're doing is in violation of myself as a Canadian citizen. Right. Okay, did you have a second question? Yes, uh, we have more questions. Uh, next question okay. is from Terry. Terry, you should see a message pop up on your screen. I know Terry was in the chat saying that he couldn't. Uh, Terry, can you unmute? Thank you. I found it. Oh. I found the microphone. Okay, good, because I couldn't find yeah. your question, so <laughs> you, you made it. Thank you for the lovely presentation. Uh, did you say that when they ask where you've been or where you're going and your phone number, those are basic questions which we must answer? Uh, uh, not quite. Um, where you've been, like I told them I went to Mexico. What? Where Mexico? Mexico City. How long were you there? I told them how long I was there. And then they asked me, what did you bring back? And I said, nothing. Um, not, and other than that, I would not answer any other questions. Thank you very much. All right. We tried to be very specific of the standard questions that traditionally we would be asked that they have a right to ask. You know, where did you travel to? Uh, I, I remember when I was 23 years old, long time ago, <laughs> but I was coming back from a big trip. They wanted to know how much I had spent because I was gone for three months. I mean, that's fine. They want to know, you know, that you're not doing any money, money laundering, <laughs> that your suitcase isn't filled with cash or something. Answer those questions. But personal questions about address, phone number, no, I, I don't have to provide that information. I've given you my passport. Stick to it. I've given you my passport have the front page open and it says that you have to let me enter freely. And um, I'm just going to take a side note right now. Michael uh, Duver at 5.58 p.m. in the chat had said, this is awesome. He says, I printed off the notice of liability. So appreciative. I will donate. Thank you for that. You know, throughout the years, our resources have all been... Yeah. Thank you, Trenzio. I love that little clap thing. Um, throughout the years, uh, we have just been at Action for Canada so intent on getting the resources into Canadians' hands. We've been worried about people who are out of work. We've been worried about kids who are being abused and masked in the schools. And we just wanted to make sure that's available. But I hope you can appreciate there's a lot of expense and cost to keeping Action for Canada going. And so this time around, I, I did. I asked for a $20 donation if anybody was going to... Uh, print and use the notice of liability so we would appreciate it you're traveling uh you know what pay pay the the 20 bucks and help keep us going if you can become a monthly donor 
uh, that would be amazing as well because as I said earlier we have you know the the youth events we have so many different uh, leadership roles where we need to start bringing people on contracting out to them and helping us run this this ship right for the benefit of Canadians okay Terenzio next question next question is from Garth Garth you should see a message pop up on your screen Okay, are you able to hear me? Yes. Yes. Okay, so um, I'm an unbacks person. Just came back to Canada a few days ago. So I, I I was in Jamaica and I did accept the app. I didn't realize I, I didn't I didn't want to, but nonetheless I did. But I, I've been back, haven't answered any of their call, haven't filled out the daily uh, requirements in terms of updates. I have not um, done the day one and will not do the day eight app or anything like that, the day, the testing. So my question is, can I avoid quarantine, skip the calls, delete the app and avoid any kind of COVID test? I guess that's it. Absolutely. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I have meetings and work, so I can get up and go to work tomorrow then. Absolutely. Carry on with your life. You're a free man. Live like it, right? And uh, Sheila, Sheila assists us in the chat. I just want to, you know, yes, you guys see the face of Tanya on these shows and Heather, but we have a whole team behind the scenes. And Sheila is one of those people that is constantly filling the chat, answering people's questions and providing links. And so there are notices of liability as well that you can serve to anybody that even tries to come to your door. We say don't open your door. Don't pick up the phone. This is harassment and it's abusive and uh, you don't have to go through that because they have no right to your private medical information. Sheila, could you post the notice of liability that they could use if someone shows up uh, demanding that they provide their medical information and that they be jabbed? Okay, some of you have asked, uh, or Sheila is posting it saying, uh, printed it off, uh, sorry, the notice of liability. So what happens after you serve the the notice? And well, that should, you know, depends on whether they're obviously going to accept it. If they say, I'm not accepting that, you can drop it at their feet and say you have been officially served. You're recording it. They have, it's up to them to pick it up and read it. All right. You don't have to rely on them accepting it into their hands. Say you have been served. You can drop it at their feet. And uh, this is not illegal or unlawful. If you go to the government website on serving documents, this is a legal uh, means of serving of service. And the notice of liability is not a legal document. All right. It is a notice. If you decide to use it as evidence when you go to court, it is evidence to support that what they're doing, it's warning them that what they're doing is either causing harm or it's illegal. So some people like to term it a legal document, but it's a notice. It's a fair notice saying what you're doing is causing harm or illegal or and or illegal. And that if necessary, you now have evidence and proof that you advise them that they were breaking the law or in violation of your constitutional or charter rights. So if they then see the notice and they continue to ask questions saying, I've asked ever all the questions, am I being detained? Uh, you have to be committing a criminal offense, it, you know, in order for them to detain you and, and say, if not say, well, what you're doing is criminal, say what part of the criminal code I'd like to be advised of what I'm doing is wrong. And they won't be able to answer that question. Because there's nothing in the criminal code about wearing a mask. There's nothing in the criminal code about getting jabbed. 
Um, and there's nothing in the criminal code stating that you need to quarantine, quarantine as a healthy person. Again, go back to the first page of the uh, passport saying that they just need to let you in freely. You don't have to do any of this. Okay, uh, next question, please. Next question, we have a doctor, Dr. Raman. Oh, hello, thank you for taking my uh, call. Uh, my question is that we, we, un, uh, we don't believe in masks, we don't get vaccinated, we, nothing. So we clean, we want to pass that information other. But we are not Canadian passport holders, we are Canadian residents, my wife and I. Mm. We have a European passport. So does the same uh, routine that you explained so vividly with the Canadian passport apply? Because we have to show when we have traveled in the past the resident card, which has all the details, I think. So if they, uh, I, I don't know how you go about it. Okay, so uh, Remo, did you have an answer for this? You're on mute I, for some I reason. I do not, I have not read okay. that card. I haven't seen a, a permanent resident card. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I have not seen a permanent resident card, uh, so I cannot comment on that. Okay, can can I just well, ask I'm not because too sure. I'm not too sure whether the permanent resident card has one's address and telephone details. Maybe, maybe not. I I haven't looked at it, uh, but this is a requirement that you have to show to the immigration person when you are getting back into Canada. Okay, and did you say that you're from the UK? Dr. Yes. Raman, did you say that you're from the UK? Yes. Okay, well, from my research, uh, the information in the UK is very much in line, because we're both under uh, a British Commonwealth, is very much in line. Your rights are the same in the UK as they are in Canada. And I think that you should just uh, make sure that you're asserting those rights as well. We can't really answer on it uh, on that, uh, you know, 100 percent because we haven't researched that. It was for a permanent permanent. Are you a permanent resident? I actually uh, I apologize. I actually uh, I asking him to unmute himself right now. Dr. Raman, are you there? I'm here. Yeah, yeah. I'm are, are, a permanent did you... resident from the UK. My wife is a permanent resident from Germany. But you're a permanent resident in Canada, correct? Yes, yes, absolutely. Yes, then, then, then this should this applies to you as well. Good. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank you. All right. Yeah. Thank you for your question. All right. Next question, please. Next question is from James. James. You should see a message pop up on your screen. Are you there, James? Yes, I'm here. Do you hear me? Yes. Very good. So uh, I'm sitting here uh, in Thailand right now. Uh, I was supposed to come back uh, to Canada uh, on September the 8th with Air Canada. But I just found out uh, Tuesday morning this week my, my dad died. Oh. So... Uh, I had to change my, yeah, yeah, it was hard to take, but Mm -hmm. such is life. 
So I had to change my plans. And uh, to make a long story short, now I'm flying with uh, Etihad Airways uh, through uh, United Arab Emirates, uh, Abu Dhabi. So I, uh, on Sunday, I depart from Phuket. And uh, then I fly to Abu Dhabi. I have a nine-hour layover. And then my flight goes to Toronto from Abu Dhabi. So I, I saw a previous interview with uh, Remo. And uh, it was very interesting. I learned a lot. And then from this uh, Zoom call, I'm, I'm learning more. So I really get the uh, when, when arriving in Canada... I, I understand everything clearly, and I thank you for your contribution. What I'm concerned awesome. about thank is... You, You're very welcome. Yeah, what I'm concerned about is boarding the flight in uh, in Phuket, and because uh, I, I understand the, the situation in Mexico. I spent a lot of time in Mexico. Uh, I've flown all th- over the country in Mexico, uh, back to Canada, etc. But from Asia... I'm concerned about because Asia is generally more strict when it comes to masking, when it comes to uh, PCR testing. Normally, I was supposed to go on uh, my I would fly with Eva Airways uh, via Thai, Taiwan because uh, that I've done that for about uh, 15 years. Uh, but I checked okay, with... Okay, so, uh, so yeah. James, so your yeah. question, I take it, is that when you get into uh, Dubai, was it Dubai? Um, you know, well, how, how do you deal with it? Abu Dhabi, That's well, there's a Canadian there's a Canadian consulate there. Uh, uh, you know, none of us know 100% for sure, uh, you know, what the rules are, how it's going to transpire. But I would say, there, look up the Canadian consulate before you arrive. Be ready to contact the Canadian consulate and uh, that you are a citizen that is being uh, denied or held hostage and and that um, as a Canadian citizen, you insist that you uh, be able to board that plane and travel to Canada. I, 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 will it work? Boy, we're still we're going to want to hear from you. But that would be my advice to anybody that's flying from a foreign country. Okay. All right. Uh, that's an interesting question, isn't it, though? And 100%, I've got to confirm with everybody that, again, just to reiterate, we are not lawyers. We're not giving you legal advice. We're trying to find solutions so that uh, citizens worldwide can, can travel and get, get our lives back. Uh, there's nothing more than I like or possibly even can go so far to say I deserve as to get on a plane and go on a vacation, right? Enjoy some time, do something. Uh, there's some business stuff I need to do. And, and, and so to be prohibited from doing that freely, to feel like we're under threat, uh, that we're risking something by speaking up and asserting our rights, it's a horrible place to be. And so we want this to be a platform as well to share our experiences. And uh, maybe what we'll do again is sept- in September, Remo, is we'll have you back. And uh, I'll be doing the Taboo Talks on Tuesday. We might do a Taboo Talk on Tuesday on this matter and then invite all of you um, who have been traveling to share your stories with us. And even with that, uh, I don't know if you can bring that up, Terenzio, but email us at call to at actionforcanada.com and I want all of you sending us your testimonies. Please 
anybody that has a story where you're having success and we're going to find a way to post this on the website uh, it would be on the mobility page we'd probably create a separate page for it uh, we have success stories with the notices of liability but one we couldn't keep up with uh, putting them up there because we're a thin thin crew at times with these objectives but i think that we all need to share in this thank you terenzio there's our, our our email address so we do really want to hear from you remo are you up to a few more questions 15 minutes shall we say 15 more minutes absolutely I, absolutely i just like to comment as well and to add what you were saying now throughout this whole i call it pandemic okay uh throughout this whole process what majority of people have forgotten and and maybe even not known is the fact that the government works for you you do not work for the government okay so mm -hmm when when uh, you're questioned and like you're detained like you're a prisoner and you're asking all these uh, questions that are not that that are in the not you know against your rights you need to stand up and have zero fear now do it with calmness and um and with conviction and and with zero fear and that's uh, you don't want to put fuel on the fire by swearing and, and raising your being mm -hmm. angry, that doesn't work either. So even though you have the right to do that, freedom of speech, it's not, to, I would not do that. I, I've never done that. So, and I, I stand my ground and I do not allow any government to walk, to step on me and walk all over me. That's, that's the foundation I, I, I come from. So if you have that as your belief, this becomes easy to do. Right. Yeah. Thank you for that, Remo. It's really, you know, what we've been trying to say for the last two and a half years at Action for Canada was you have 100% guaranteed rights and, and you really do need to assert them. And I think what will happen after tonight's show is I'm just having this thought with the last gentleman that was on. And uh, the more I'm thinking about there are consulates in in most of the nations that you're all traveling. I know Jenny's on tonight and I think we'll update update this uh, NOL one more time with instructions on it, stating and uh, maybe advising people to find out where the a Canadian consulate is and to be prepared. Are you holding me hostage? <laughs> right. And contacting the, uh, the consulate um, in Canada, we're free um, in every country. Privacy is protected and we do not need to divulge that information. And if you're holding me hostage, I need to get a hold of the Canadian consulate to instruct them of such. And I think we're going to put a little bit of uh, verbiage like that in and update the notice of liability one more time. And then again, uh, when you write to call to it action for Canada.com and you're specifically being potentially held up for this reason in the subject line, put attention, Tanya, RE travel and then um, our team that oversees the call to action email will ensure that gets to me because I really do want to hear your story and then as much as possible we want to make sure that that page and those instructions stay as up-to-date and as helpful as possible okay uh, Terenzio next question yes next question and we do have quite a few questions Tanya so maybe if we can uh, please ask yes. our guests uh, to just state your question and we'll put you on mute um, so that way the question can be answered and we can go on to the next. Uh, next question is from uh, Rochelle. Rochelle? Uh, possibly Rachel, I apologize. Okay, there we go. <laughs> I was afraid I wouldn't be able to get the mic going. So, I, you know, a lot of my questions have been covered um, because I am trying to go to Jamaica. And you did, you did say that, so you simply, when you go to the airport, 
you simply print a pass and you just go straight through. You don't look, don't use any apps. You do everything directly at the counter. And then on return, you don't use any apps. You don't fill out any forms. Just please confirm that I have that right. And then I just uh, will ask my next. All right. Um, It would be kind of nice if you guys would do it. I know it's all listed there, but more detail. Or if there's someone we can call when we're coming in, like a hotline, anything like that. Yeah, that's not just possible, Rachel. That's not possible. Yeah, just watch this video numerous times, read the information. We've said, you know, it's got to be that simple. And again, what we want to say, and Rima will uh, agree, is if you get, if they decide to fine you, just peacefully take it. Do not sign it. Do not agree. You're not agreeing with it. You're not going to sign it. They'll hand you the fine, and then you would immediately uh, contest it. So what's your second question, Rachel? Okay, so that was mine. Like, if there's any coaching or anything, but um, no. yeah. I think that's it. Thank you so much. Yeah, great information. Yeah. Oh yeah, and the link is going to be. Is that going to be in the chat at the end, or it'll be emailed out to this broadcast so I can send it to other people? It will be up on the Empower Hour page on Action for Canada by tomorrow. Okay, thank you so much. Bye. All right, thank you. Bye. All right. All next right. Question next question is from Jen. Hi, Jen. Hi, guys. Thank you. I'm so happy. Thank you so much. Your story is amazing. And just thank you for being a warrior and for Action for Canada, all you guys are doing. It's amazing. So my son has an opportunity to play hockey in a school this year that's going to probably be crossing the border, hopefully not till a little later. My fingers are crossed that some things, you know, happening obviously in the political scene might change this whole arrive can stuff but do you have any advice for I thought about going you know maybe the religious route as and maybe even pre doing some of his flights once I see um, itineraries but Canadian you know he's a Canadian citizen obviously non-vaxxed I would not be going on these trips he's a minor he'd be 15 and after the end of the new year 16 do you have any advice sending him on this trip there is no need for any any exemption whether it's religious medical there's no need for it. It's just simple no. I do not consent. I do not comply. That is all you need. Yeah, Jen, it's a tough situation, you know, knowing he's a minor. But um, as I said, you know, we we had the uh, youth event where we were training kids for eight weeks how to have a voice. And you need to possibly sit down with your son if you're comfortable doing that. Either Either you're not going to send him because you're concerned over what would happen or you prepare to send him. And you make sure that he's well-versed on his rights and that he has you on speed dial. <laughs> is he go- You know, he could have one friend who is recording it and he could have you on the phone as well. And he could be going through this process. Give him the support, train him up in the way that he should go, help him to be confident and prepared. Thank you. Okay, next question, Terenzio. All right, next question is from Dana. Hi, can you hear me? Yes, we can. Yes. Yay. Okay. Hey, Remo. Oh, my God. Balls of steel. That's all I have to say. I watched that video that was posted on YouTube. I was like, oh, my God. Anyway, um, I'm in a couple of groups uh, leaving Canada unvaccinated because, you know, we all want to run and get out. Um, and, of course, now the talk is all about Arrive Can and da-da-da. And a lot of people, um, some people have had success crossing back into Canada without any fines, any issues. 
but I have heard of people getting huge fines. Like just the other day, somebody posted they came in and refused arrive can, refused to give any information. The pass, the CBSA officer. This was at an airport. I think it was Vancouver. Actually, they took her passport. So she didn't do what you did, like yelling out, "Hey, that's my passport. Give it back." They took her passport and basically walked it over to PHAC. Um, and then she was forced to interact with those people and she got like a big fine. And, you know, I know people are contesting them. They're citing Section 58 of the Quarantine Act as, you know, having the authority to give you these fines. I don't know if you have any comments on that. Like, I'm just wondering if, you know, these fines, I know we, there's no guarantee, but do you think they'll stand in court? I can't really see that. No. No, they, they do not. They, they do not stand in court because they do not have jurisdiction. They have zero legal right to hand anyone a fine. And those fines are on blue, blue ticket paper, the same fines given for vehicle violations, okay? And ICBC is collecting the monies if you choose to pay them. Um, it, what you do on the back of the ticket, follow exactly word for word and don't wait 30 days, do it immediately uh, to right. fight the fine. You know, you want get, to get, go to court to fight it. As soon as you do that, it gets thrown out immediately by the judge because the judge knows they have zero jurisdiction and uh, these fines are not worth the paper it's writ that it's written on. Yeah, one girl and said if I she... Go ahead. Sorry, Tanya. Go ahead. Sorry, I just I just wanted to add to that section fourteen one of the Quarantine Act. Uh, I'm just going to read it. it. Says any qualified person authorized by the minister may uh, to determine whether a traveler has a communicable disease or symptoms of one use any screening technology authorized by the minister that does not involve the entry into the traveler's body. Um, so sorry, that was the wrong section of the the act that I meant. Um, right. What There's, I was they, what I was going to sorry. refer to is that there there had to be there has to be reasonable grounds as well. Do you have a fever? Do you do you have a snotty nose? Mm -hmm. Like, what would be the reason <laughs> that they would uh, demand that you would even have to be pulled aside to talk to a health official? But bottom line is, if those people had the notice of liability and our instructions, they would have known the passport is not its private information. It must not be uh, provided to a health mm -hmm. official. Right. And by the way, one girl who got a fine literally a few days ago, she entered it July 29th. Um, she took it already. She went down to the courthouse, I guess, to register the whatever, to, to follow the instructions. She obviously doesn't have a court date. And she said that the person handling her ticket or taking her information said he's received thousands of these. So people are fighting back in droves, right? Which is great. It's, it's just very unnerving, right? To be handed a $12,000 ticket. So. Well, it is indeed. And uh, I know that when they were serving the tickets out, a year ago regarding the masks two years ago again there were so many tickets before the courts that uh, the time frame for them to hear it runs out and they the majority of them will be dismissed you're on the si the side of right here and we need to remember that okay next question all right next question is from jessica hi can you hear me we can hear you Okay, great. Thank you. Um, so yeah, I was one of the unfortunate ones that was fined about $7,000. Um, I essentially got pulled back into the office after I had been told I was cleared. I was forced to give them my bag in which they 
took my passport and driver's license from me unbeknownst to me and searched my vehicle while they had that information to write the ticket. So I'm considering pursuing legal action and I'm just wondering like, you know, is it illegal for them to take my driver's license and passport without my knowledge and hand it over to another agent to then write a ticket? Like a, like the health agent, like the like the public health officer? Yeah, you did not give consent for search and seizure. They did not inform you first. So absolutely, that's that's an offense. Um, and uh, I would document that all you should you should document every officer or, or customs officer or health officer, whoever you were involved with should be documented, give them an NOL, and I would pursue suing them. Absolutely. And, and that's one of the reasons why in our instructions we said if you are border crossing, uh, you know, by land, you're going to an actual through an actual border cross, you're driving and they pull you over. We've made it very specific. Take your bag with you and even go so far as to take your insurance out of the glove box. Anything that has your identification in your car, make sure it's in your purse um, or in your wallet. If you're a man, I don't know, have a bag that you're prepared, uh, you know, to bring into the border facility with you so that if they search your car because they are they are allowed to do that if they have reason to suspect something they, they don't have to ask they can go search your car and and it's, that's to the best of my knowledge am I in, am I even incorrect in that they have to have reasonable grounds to believe there's a reason to search your vehicle so you could question on what grounds do you feel a need to search my vehicle because it has to be reasonable grounds I'd have the video recorder going at that point and and question them um, have I committed a crime? Is there is there some concern? Like it'd be different if they had the sniffer dogs and and you know they thought they that you could have drugs. But we've known forever that every twentieth car they count them, they randomly pull them over and search them. So I think the easiest way around this is just uh, be polite, be cooperative in that much. Bring your bag in with you. Provide them only your passport, and then you have control over over your belongings. Correct. Okay. Um, and uh, at the same time, they can search your car, as you said, Tanya, uh, but they still need to inform you that they're doing that. Okay. Mm -hmm. They can't just tell you to go inside and then search your car without informing you. First of all, um, I wouldn't have gone inside. I would have stayed outside. There's no reason. What, you know, I would have said, why am I being detained? Why am I going inside? What crime right. have I committed? I would not go inside and talk to anyone at all for any reason. You need to stand your ground. Okay, that's a very good point. That's a very good point, actually. And even as I process this, when I think about people's testimonies over the last um, the last year, I've had many who have said that it, it, some were walking across. And one of our chapter leaders in Saskatchewan, she was in touch with several people who were who had walked across to go to the U.S. Uh, flown to whatever destination they did from that point. And when they came back into Canada, uh, they would, the U.S., on the U.S. side, if they were going to the Canadian government, they would first go to the U.S. Border Patrol and say, I'd like to seek asylum in the United States. 
and they don't want you against the Canadian government for this dictatorship. You don't feel safe. They don't want to keep you in the United States. So the report was there was three incidents that I know of where they walked the individuals, the Canadian citizen, back across to the Canadian side. And uh, once they were on the Canadian side, they just they kept walking. And if Border Patrol came to them, they said, I'm Canadian citizen and that you have the right to enter freely, provide your passport. If they try to detain you again, you go through the whole process that Remo has uh, discussed with us here. All right, next question, please. Next question is from Dana. Oh, no, I already asked my question. I'm oh. so sorry. Nope, that's I'll okay. I'll lower my hand. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, next question is from Anne. Hi, can you hear me? We can. Yes. Hi, um, my name's Taylor. I'm Anne's daughter. Um, I actually flew in from Mexico on Monday. Um, I was supposed to fly in on the Sunday, but Air Transat actually denied me boarding. Um, after three hours of me not complying with Arrive Can, they finally gave me um, a waiver to sign, which was fine, but then they wouldn't let me board because I wouldn't disclose my vaccination status. Um, so that happened and I had to book a flight with Air Canada for the Monday. I boarded fine, no problems. But when I got to the CBSA officers, they took my passport, walked it to the back section with public health where there was um, a lunch, like a lunch table with police officers there and they enclose you. And um, the public health officer mm or the CBSA handed public health my passport. And at that point, they asked for my address, uh, my driver's license to write me a ticket. Um, and when I refused to do it, the police officer actually took my passport and called it in for a background check and got my address. Is that mm -hmm. legal? No, it's not. No, I can't imagine it is. Yeah, he actually no. took it from um, public health, gave it to him, and uh, he called it into his radio, and he got my address from there, and then they wrote okay. me the ticket. Were you recording this event that at all? That is a all? violation. No, I didn't, I didn't record it because I was using my phone to quote, like, every... I had all of the laws and everything on my phone, and I was reciting them. Um, and I stuck to my grounds and I said I wasn't doing a Rive Can. I even mentioned that it's under investigation from the commissioner and public health agreed to it. They said they were aware of that. Um, and then they did that. And uh, yeah, they threatened to put me in a quarantine hotel too. Wow, that must have been so scary for you. I'm so sorry to hear that you went through that. You are a courageous soul. You are a warrior for Canada. That's what I see. <laughs> and um, this, no, seriously, I, I, I really mean that. And this is not any of this to be taken lightly, like as if we're, you know, just saying, oh, do this, this, and this, it'll be magical. But, you know, there were some steps that you didn't have in advance. And that yeah. was before you pass them, that before you hand them your passport, you need to read out what we now included in the notice of liability um, 
And, and so that if they're going to have to think twice about it, and you're going to be recording that. You, this is one reason why it's very important. Unless you have the extra body cameras and glasses and everything that uh, Super Spy Remo had, <laughs> you're going to yeah. need to have extra recording on you in, in order to do this. And, um, or print all the materials, print the extra documentation. Like we said, the, uh, we didn't, we weren't going to print a privacy act just so everyone knows if you want to go, because the privacy act is provincial. They do have a federal one, but it's very vague, but the, you have to go to your province and they're all different. So it, it wasn't advantageous to us to say, okay, we're going to go to every province and provide you that. Look it up, look up the privacy act, find out what your privacy rights are. So what we did, um, I had received multiple Supreme court rulings from David uh, Lindsay. And so we put all those Supreme Court cases on a page, print that off. And and uh, the Quarantine Act and the other material that we've made available to you along with multiple notices of liability and then just follow the step-by-step instructions. And I think that a lot of these situations will be avoided moving forward because they're going to realize you know your rights. So thank you for being a brave warrior. All right, next question. Next question is from Kalina. Hi, thank you for all the information. Uh, we are planning to cross the border to the U.S. Um, on land uh, soon. And if we are for any reason, well, for the unvaccinated reason, denied entry, uh, how does that affect, if you're aware, how does that affect, uh, you know, if we ever try to enter again? Or would you dare to just go to another border crossing and enter again? Because they may ask you, and I think one of the participants have asked this question as well they may ask you you know have you ever been denied entry into the u.s so what do you know about that and my second question is um are the are children uh required to be included in the arrive can app uh we have children and we're going to be traveling with them so uh, i don't intend to do the arrive can app but what can they demand of our children nothing First of all, nothing. You do not need to fill out the ArriveCan app whatsoever. doesn't matter how old you are. doesn't matter uh, what nationality you are, what sex you are. Uh, you, you know, you're a Canadian citizen or permanent resident. You do not fill out ArriveCan, period. That's it. Not even manual. Not even answer any questions regarding ArriveCan. None whatsoever. Uh, now, regarding the border crossing and being denied, you got to look at why you're being denied. Uh, I, again, I'm not clear, you know, what, why you're being denied, because if they're asking you a question about whether you're vaccinated or not, if you have been vaccinated as a child, you say yes. Um, and a lot of the border guards are asking that generic question just to help you get by, just to get by. They're not saying, they, are you COVID vaccinated? They're not asking that. They're usually asking the generic question, are you vaccinated? And I am. So when I was a kid, I was. So I, I truthfully say yes. And, and I crossed the border, no issues. And there's no denial. But if they're going to ask ask me the COVID vax question, I'm, I'm going to refuse answering. So they wouldn't know whether I am or not. And they can't deny me entry. I haven't done anything illegal. So if the, if the border guard does deny me to come in that day, it's, it's, it's not like you've committed any fraud that you can't come in again. Uh, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I think if they're going to deny entry um, and it go on your record where you can't like to officially say you've been denied entry, it would have to be something criminal, you know, where there was an official reason for it. Michael, uh, I'm 
I kind of had left my chat at 6.01 here. He said, according to my own experience, crossed from, I think it was Quebec to USA twice in June and July. And according to a signal group I'm following, there's very few U.S. border officials asking the question, maybe 10%. Um, okay, that's that's good news. Hopefully that will be the experience. And uh, then what somebody had asked as well, what do people do if they're already downloaded the Arrive Can app? How do they stop being tracked? What what I yeah what I've learned is you can't just delete it. It stays on your phone on the inside. So what you're forced to do now is factory set your phone. Yes, it's a lot of work. Put all your software and recustomize it all. You know, get it tailored again the way it was. But you have mm. to reset your phone to factory settings and start all over again. That's the only way you're going to remove that app from your phone. Okay, good to know. I didn't know that. <laughs> that is a lot of work, but to me, it's worth it. It really is. Uh, I know some have said, you know, don't even have data, etc., on your phone. Why even give them the opportunity? Just use it as a as a tool. Didn't we make out nicely in the good old days without cell phones? I think we did, right? We could borrow. You know, you could call from a hotel. You could call friends and family. You get your one call from prison, <laughs> from jail. You'll, you'll work it out. Just get rid of that cell phone. All right. Um, as well, I want to tell, uh, thank Lynn at 603. Lynn said she's going to donate as well. Thank you for that, Lynn. I'm going to scoot down to the bottom here. I hope a lot more of you are going to see the value of what Action for Canada is trying to help to do with people. We're, we're also, you know, we're, we're realists here. We know that, uh, you know, you're going to be dealing with individuals. Some are going to be power tripping and it doesn't matter what you do or how kind you are or how well you know your rights they're just going to give you a hard time and they're going to you know make life rough for you so um hopefully you know that won't happen too often thank you jessica i see that as well awesome thank you very much to everybody who's going to donate to action for canada please do consider become becoming a, a monthly donor even ten dollars a month would make such a huge difference i know for a lot of organizations the the trucker scare and the and the banks freezing it it all you know it caused a lot of people not to want to write a check anymore or transfer money but what if you opened up an account at another bank and made sure that was to help to support the good organizations that are out here on the front line fighting for you there's got to be a way around this right take all your money out of the bank and find find a way and only keep enough in there to deal with your monthly details that uh, if the government does decide to go all crazy on us and try to uh freeze bank accounts again, that uh, it's just not going to be effective. There's ways around helping organizations like ours and other good organizations that you may uh, be supporting, like Lorlin Tyler Thompson. Boy, has she ever been a voice for the people as well, right? She's a good friend of mine. All right, um, let's do, I, it's so hard because I don't want to cut people off. I'm hoping that the uh, questions that have been answered today and the information has been extremely effective for you all and um, helpful. So let's go with two more people asking questions, Terenzio, and then we're going to wrap up this evening. Sounds great. Next question is from Cynthia. Hello, Cynthia. I'm his husband. I will talk for her. Um, we just okay. went to the States uh, three days ago, and they asked us if we have were we vaccine. We said yeah, yes, one. And... Um, the guy crossing the state said, that's not legal, but he said, uh, go away. So we did. We went for supper, and after we came back, 
to cross in Canada. So they're asking, uh, are you vaccinated? Yes, one. So they call um, uh, Canada Health Public, public, uh, agency. public Agency. So they, we went aside. And after that, uh, they told us we had to do the app and uh, we didn't do. And uh, they can give us a fine. Uh, all right, they didn't do. And after we, they let us and we went home. And now we're reading all this and we just want to stop our fucking quarantine or 14 days. I don't want to do that at all. It's against our law, but we called mm -hmm. Canadian yesterday and they say and they were rude and the guy is he, he put his voice higher and said you will not inform properly you need to be double vaccinated and that you need to fill up the form and this and we challenged him and we asked him his uh his uh badge number and everything and he said basically we were not informed properly and we're not following the rules And yeah, they're bullies. Not... Yeah, I'm going to yeah. interject there. They're they're just bullies. They. Uh, it was amazing. Uh, about was it a year and a half ago? The government had on their website. Uh, it was job opportunities, right? To to be health officers, health officials. So you got to imagine the boot camp training they went through for intimidation and bullying techniques, and they're using them. And the thing is, is truth trumps the bullying techniques and lies. And that's why you have to be very well educated and you have to be willing to assert your rights. And if they show up at your door, you don't answer, you don't answer the door. I mean, good grief, quarantine, handy people, hell, healthy people. Uh, it, it's like, this is just a shocker. How many people have, have felt threatened to comply with it? So that's been effective. Remo, what else would you add to that? Well, uh, here's what I add to that is this. Let's say I decide to go to China and live. If I'm not going to learn the language, how easy is it going to be for me to live there? Extremely challenging. So you're in Canada, learn the laws, okay? It's very important to understand all the laws that you're required to live by. And uh, and then, then you can enforce them. So again, you must educate yourself and then you must also assert them. Uh, if you're not going to educate yourself and don't assert them, then you have nothing and then you're literally a sheep excuse my french but you're you're not a, a man or woman with god with uh, with god on your side and you're not enforcing your your god-given enable rights that's what it comes down to enough of this well i'm seeing this i'm afraid I, i'm tired of all this and hearing this from people if we don't stand up we will have nothing for ourselves and nothing for our children and uh, and all this is done for nothing and you're going to live a slave If you know if you're still alive, and I'm not kidding, this is where it's going. And unless we all stand up and say no and do the right thing, and we don't need to be angry standing up, it's just calm and quiet and and uh, collectively educating each other and just saying no, no, thank you, I do not consent, I do not comply, thank you very much, move on. Don't give me any further information. It really is that simple. It doesn't take much. Absolutely. Yep. Thank you, Remo, for that. Oh, I love it. All right. Next question. All right. Next question is from Frederick. Hello there. Can you hear me? Yes. Uh, perfect. Yeah. Um, I think actually I kind of forgot I was uh, my hand up there, but um, I was the one who someone mentioned before who got $12,500 in fines. 
Um, so, and I'm obviously going to fight that. And I was just going to pick your brain on, uh, other than following the steps on the back of the slip there. Um, I mean, there's been a ton of information just with, with the notice of liability and all that, but is there any other, any other hacks or tips and tricks? Well, let me, let me ask you a question. What do you think you did that you got you the fine? Um, yeah, exactly. Nothing wrong. No, what did you do that they gave you a fine? Oh. What, did, what information did you give out that uh, allowed them to give you a fine? Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, so this, the... the the sequence that was happening, I was very inspired by uh, your video or your interview there before. Um, I got to the like the second booth, if you would say, um, and they're like, oh, no, all right, can. Um, and uh, the border officer there, she was about to walk away with the passport. And I'm a Swedish citizen and I have a Canadian permanent resident card. And this is where this is where it started to go sideways because I was asking her, so like, hey, can you give back my passport and leave it on the counter here? And she did, but she took her permanent resident card with her without me knowing. Um, so that was the first kind of mistake on my end. Um, and then she went with it to P, like a uh, public health agency there. Um, and then she came back and then she's like, because she went away to talk to them first. And then she came back and she's like, oh, you got to talk to these guys. And I was like, no, I refuse to. I don't have to. Uh, I'm a permanent resident. And from what I've read up on and what someone else had asked before about the rights of permanent resident, you, as far as I know, you have the same rights as a citizen, except for you can't take some high level government jobs and you can't vote. And that's basically it, as far as I know. Um, yeah, anyway, so you have the same protections. Both. Yeah, exactly. I'm, yeah, exactly. The Bill of Rights and the Charter and, and all that. Um, so, so that kind of makes forced to go to uh, see the public health uh, people there. And um, and what they do is they probably did what someone else mentioned here before. They took the information, because when you apply and go through the permanent resident application, you submit your address and your phone number and, and that whole thing. And and I was, yeah, arguing with her about getting that back. And she wouldn't. And then she's like, we're going to find you for this. And you know, trying to get to okay, me basically. Well, but yeah, thanks for sharing that, uh, Frederick. We're sorry, you know, that you didn't have some of this information in advance. And like we say, it's not a guarantee that this is going to work, but it sure makes your chances a whole lot better, you know, that you're going to have success. So, all right. Well, thank you. We're almost at uh, seven o'clock here. And I was just, again, looking in the chat. I see JS says that um, you've had a good experience. Please make sure with that testimony that you write to call to action for Canada.com and be sure to tell us uh, what your experiences are in your testimonies. We really, really want to hear about them because it'll help us do a couple of things. It'll help encourage others. And it will help that if there's any information that we, uh, you know, could add that would be additional to the notice and, and the um, 
instructional section that it will help other Canadians assert their rights as well. And again, I just want to thank you. I know there's numerous people who have said, Pam, etc., that have said they're going to donate to Action for Canada. Thank you so much. Continue to ask that you consider becoming uh, a monthly giver. Uh, so, Remo, in wrapping up uh, this session, um, what are what are your final words? We just thank you. We appreciate you so much. I mean, it has been so helpful. No worries. Um, I'm, I'm happy to do this, and and um, I'm happy to, to share this with with uh, my fellow uh, men and women on this planet. And then we need to unite and support each other. And this is what I'll, what it's all about. I will never take any fees for for sharing this information whatsoever because we all need to do this and we all must educate ourselves on this and exercise it and and that's really it's really that simple and that's why it was easy for me um, once you do that and say no to everything do not give in to anything whatsoever that's where the challenges come in um, and and video record everything get ready with the camera before you even speak to anybody that's got to be a must and even have two cameras if you have to. So, um, you know, you really need to do that. And um, that, that's what it comes down to is you, we all have to educate ourselves, stand up for what's right and really record all interactions and, and live your life as normal as possible. You know, just continue on. Awesome. All right. Well, Remo, again, thank you so much. Uh, we're going to look forward to being in touch with you in the future. I know you have some other uh, traveling planned and uh, we will reconnect. And maybe when I've got Taboo Talks going again in September, we'll have a session. So everybody remember Taboo Talks starts again on the 13th. I don't know what I'll be addressing at that time. It's sometimes a surprise to me. We're trying to stay up on the most current events and where people need help and to continue to help educate, educate, educate and empower Canadians to take action so just God bless you and uh, future good luck and well-being on your on your travels <laughs> one more thing Tanya um, I just want to compliment you on everything you've done with Action for Canada you are amazing Thank you're you. an angel it's a blessing to have you to know you and what you're doing for the people of Canada and the world is phenomenal um, please people donate this is an important thing this this is uh, really, it's almost life and death for us as citizens in Canada. We Please donate. Please support Action for Canada. They're doing amazing things. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much, Remo. We'll see you again. Awesome. You bet. Ooh, all right. Well, I, I am just so grateful for that final uh, shout out from Remo as well. Uh, most of you who attend Empower Hours every Wednesday night know that I don't usually ask uh, for finance, finances or donations. I leave that up to the hearts and minds of the people. For those of you who have lost your job and really struggling to make ends meet, we don't want a dime from you. For those of you who have the security and are able, we are asking you to support us because we have such huge campaigns that um, we are launching across Canada from building a database for the elected officials at all levels of government. I mean, think about the cost and the oversight that's involved in that. Uh, to bring on youth leaders, uh, to have a pastoral leadership team and a team overseeing our parents. I really don't know of one organization, like I say, lots of good organizations, I'm not slighting them, but I've just been called by the Lord and the vision for the mission and our team sees that vision as well and so that's why we're putting chapters across Canada and getting into communities because the globalists 
know that the easiest way is to overtake communities and implement these egregious and vile uh, agendas. And so we got to take back our communities. It's very grassroots. And and we do need your assistance and your help to do that. Um, I am going to uh, read something from the Word of God this morning. I was reading the Bible and in 1 Samuel 2, it was um, Hannah that was writing a letter. God had blessed her with a son and she committed and promised God that she would return her son over to God and that he would be part of the church and doing God's work. She was just so faithful and she said um, in there, and this is talking about God, first of all that uh, now I have an answer for my enemies. I rejoice because you, Lord, rescued me. No one is holy like the Lord. There is one beside you. The Lord is no, he's the rock like our God. There is no one like him. Stop acting so proud and haughty. Don't don't speak with such arrogance for the Lord is a God who knows what you have done. He will judge your actions. The bow of the mighty is now broken and those who stumbled are now strong. Those who were well fed are now starving and those who were starving are now full. The childless woman has now seven children, and the woman with many children wastes away. The Lord gives both death and life. He brings some down to the grave, but raises others up. The Lord makes some poor and others rich. He brings some down and lifts others up. I just bear with me as I'm reading all of this because there's such a purpose to it. He lifts the poor from the dust and the needy from the garbage dump. He sets them among princes, placing them in seats of honor. For all the earth is the Lord's, and he has set the world in order. He will protect his faithful ones, but the wicked will disappear in darkness. No one will succeed by strength alone. Those who fight against the Lord will be shattered. He thunders against them from heaven. The Lord judges throughout the earth. He gives power to his kings. He increases the strength of his anointed ones. And this was just such a word of encouragement to me because evil throughout history has never been able to prevail. It has a time when it's going to be crushed and it's going to come apart. But as I've mentioned before in in past shows that Canada is a Christian nation built on biblical principles and values. And it truly does set us apart from other nations with different belief systems, uh, such as the 57 Islamic majority countries, North Korea, Pakistan, China. I wouldn't give up Canada to live in one of those nations ever, never, ever. And we're getting to a bad state, though, because we didn't think about who we were electing and what were their core values. We need to elect people in the upcoming elections that understand and embrace that Canada was founded on biblical principles, which means immigrants, Canadians, they have, they can come to Canada, they can live in Canada, we can all live in Canada together. Multiple cultures can live together and in peace, but we must all embrace the foundational values that Canada was founded on. It doesn't mean you have to be a Christian, but you need to recognize that our political system is built off of biblical principles, which does set us apart from other nations. And we have turned our back on God. We turned our back on God when we took prayer out of the uh, schools 
and where we started to allow vile agendas to come into Canada that um, un undermined our biblical values. And it's time to start taking a stand, get rid of all of these social socialist and social campaigns that are coming from the UN and that are infiltrating through government elected officials that many of you voted for. All right, it's time to remove them. If you love your country and if you're feeling to call be and you're feeling to be called as an elected official, we encourage you to get um, in touch with one of our chapters or the nearest one. And we're going to make sure then that we collect your information. And once we launch our database, whether it's um, an MP, an MLA, school board trustee, or maybe a mayor or a city councillor, we're going to want you to be in our database. And then when we get all our chapters into place and when next elections come along, we're going to call on you and then we're going to help and support you in whatever grassroots way, way we can and we're going to outnumber the enemy and we're going to get good people voted back into office and so I just encourage you you know if you don't know the Lord call out to him because this nation needs to return to him so that we can maintain peace and democracy and freedom once again um, this the, for the rest of this month um, I believe it's a good time to start addressing our school systems again and what the um, education system is teaching our children and our special guest next week is going to be Alex Newman he is an incredible individual he actually lives in Florida he was in Canada many years ago several years ago and I met him we spoke at a mutual conference together and he is just doing an incredible job down in the United States of bringing awareness uh, and um, outing the government and educators. And so he's written a book as well called Crimes of the Educators. So we want to talk about how communism is infiltrating into the school system, how they're dumbing down our kids, they're inflating their grades to make it look like our education system is succeeding, uh, but worldwide uh, it is not a successful system and they're doing that on purpose because uh, kids that are not functionally functioning at, at the highest uh, degree uh, that they're capable, of course, cannot rise up against a government in the future. So we need to really pull our kids out of the education system, homeschool them. We're reaching out to churches to open their doors. And, and so we're going to be talking about this for the rest of the month. We're going to be exposing critical race theory and the climate change fraud and of course the sexual orientation and gender identity trying to sexualize children at the earliest age possible. They are grooming our children through this program and there is absolutely no doubt that pedophiles are becoming rampant within our uh, school boards, teachers. Uh, somebody has sent me reports on the number of teachers that are being charged with um, either child pornography. It's just disgusting. And we as a nation can no longer be shamed into being quiet because they say we're racist or intolerant or xenophobic or whatever else they want to call us. It's time to step up and grow backbone and say, these are our kids we're talking about and we're going to fight for them. So I'm starting that off next week with uh, Alex Newman. I'm so excited about having him on the show. So make sure that uh, we'll be launching all of that in the weekly email that goes out Sunday night. So you'll have it in your inbox on Monday morning. So please make sure that you send it to your friends and family be so, uh, social media super spreaders for us take all of our actions and make sure that you're spreading them on social media they're trying to shadow ban action for canada's facebook page my facebook page and we just want to make sure as many canadians as possible join us so that we really create 
a momentum of people across Canada that are informed and mobilized. All right, that's it for me. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. God bless you and God bless Canada. Thank you so much. I'm going to say go.